0: Welcome into the 11 Dubcast, sponsored by the Dry Goods store at 11warriors.com. I am John Ginter. He is Andy Vance. Ohio State somehow miraculously, miraculously made it through their bye week unscathed. No major, and, and, and when I say that, that's a little bit tongue-in-cheek, but also kind of important because that means there was no major stories that we really had to, like, wring our hands over. There were no, like, you know, people tearing their hair out over a 630, you know, tweet that we had to deal with or, or something from the dispatch so all in all this was a win i think andy this was a, a victory week for ohio state That's just my personal opinion on it i i was pretty happy with how this bye week turned out
1: you know they say you can only play the teams in front of you right so when uh, the team in front of you is bye you just got to do the deal and Buckeye survive in advance
0: yeah throwing, and, and honestly throwing like your people, favorite
1: sports cliche here
0: well we talked about we talked about the rankings and stuff last week and ohio state uh i think got uh okie doke by i think lsu right and maybe in the ap one of the teams jumped them barely um and that's gonna happen when you don't have a what have you done for me lately statement people are gonna drop you a little bit i'm not too worried about it georgia goes down did you did you happen to watch the georgia game
1: i i did the uh the game um nobody wanted to win it felt like there for a little while god bless college <laughs> kickers uh, right always the and, best
0: college games by the way where you're just kind of waiting for a team to lose rather than seeing if any of them are actually going to win
1: and we and we decided that uh you know as much as i enjoy sitting in front of the television watching college Football all day because you only have a limited number of chances to do that. We we actually decided to head to the bowling alley and and so we were <laughs> we were throwing the ball down the lane while watching TV. I love that bowling alleys now the wall at the end of the alley is a giant TV screen so you can bowl oh, yeah. and watch football at the same time. Like that's that's living your best life. So I'm watching the end of that game while we're bowling and you're watching. You say, oh, South Carolina might get this done. Oh. Oh, no, Georgia scored again. Wait, we're going to go into... No, college kickers, man. They're not going to (laughs) get this done. And, you know, you just have this little tug back and forth of emotions. And to me, and I I may be alone in this, but to me, losing to an unranked South Carolina when you were like a 24-point favorite feels like a losing to Purdue or Iowa type of offense. However, it should. It should. So... I'm not so naive to believe that we won't get back into the kind of one loss Georgia, get into the playoffs type of question. Um, The other thing about the polls, you mentioned the polls. I saw a tweet and I wish I I should have bookmarked this, but it it got the impression that even though Ohio state slipped behind LSU, uh, I believe that was in the AP poll, Ohio state did actually pick up points from the previous week. So that, they improved their position, but LSU moved more. Uh, you know, did the the jump like three spots or something along those lines? Which, you know, I can't quibble too much about LSU. I th- I think they're, you know, a legitimate football team. I maybe have a bigger problem with Clemson at number three, but you know, maybe I'm picking nits.
0: Well, I mean, look, if you you've got seven teams right in the, in the top ten that are all undefeated, and it's really hard to. I mean, again. I would like to see Ohio State ranked higher. I think they probably deserve that, especially over, you know, the likes of Clemson. Um, and maybe frankly in Alabama, which is you know sitting at the top spot um in the AP poll. But I I I mean, it's not a huge deal. It just kind of is annoying because it, it feels like they aren't they're not really watching the games, if that makes sense. And again, I don't I don't get super like mad about this. I don't get angry, but I just kind of wonder about you know when you're making comparisons between like quality opponents and things like that I understand that on the face of it Ohio State's schedule doesn't look great right because you're you're playing like you know Cincinnati and FAU and all that stuff but the point that you just made right that yeah, South Carolina should not be considered a quality opponent and given that it was a loss should really you know hurt uga Uh, It it just, it's annoying that they will get credit for being in the SEC when really the SEC has a super precipitous drop off uh, after their first like six or seven teams. And it's, that should be taken into consideration when we look at these, at these polls and these rankings, it'll sort itself out, right? Like Alabama, LSU is not going to be able to get through. uh, Both of them are not going to get through the season unscathed, obviously. So that's, that's something that, you know, I, you know, kind of keep in mind if you're getting upset about this type of thing. But Um, I mean, the other thing is that Ohio State's, what, they got nine first place votes in the AP poll. So it's not like people are just completely devaluing them. It's not like there really is a huge difference between second and fourth in the AP poll. Um, So overall, I just, you know, it's something where you've got to be able to have something to prove to people. And hopefully they'll give them that, uh, you know, against Northwestern next Friday. But I just you know, it's, it's still a little frustrating to me that part of me as an Ohio state fan is still a little bit irked. And I, I, maybe that's unearned, but that's just kind of how I feel about it.
1: Yeah. And to put this into perspective, you know, I, I always refer back to the SP plus ratings to say, okay, how good is a team when you set aside the voter you know, whims, I won't, I won't even call it bias. We'll just say whims. Cause sometimes I think voters like shiny things and you know, who, who, who had the last best argument, um uh, south carolina is about number 31 in sp plus you know 500 team so not not even above uh not even above average at this stage right so that's a that's not a quality that's not a quality loss for georgia right. uh but you know you, you know like we go sit back to the top of the program play the teams that are in front of you i guess i think ohio state's going to be fine ohio state has the toughest schedule of anybody uh, other than auburn in the top 10 and the the Sagren ratings still have Ohio State, I think they dropped a few points this week and strength the schedule, which kind of surprised me because Ohio State's opponents continue to win. You mentioned Cincinnati. Look at Indiana actually not right. looking horrible as a football team. This is, you know, this is kind of wild. Uh at least overall at four and two, right? So the other team, um, that's that's getting a lot of love now in the the ratings, um, Penn State, Wisconsin. You know, these are teams all ahead of Ohio State on their schedule. So Buckeyes have plenty of chances to impress AP voters.
0: Not that they matter a whole lot. Right. And, and here's the thing. And, and I do want to get into the big 10 in a little bit, because to me right now, it, it's pretty clear that this is one of the best, if not the best, I think conference in the United States, There, the teams at the top. I mean, especially with regard to Wisconsin, which is going to be a monster game at the end of this month, by the way, dub dubgate alert. I just want to throw that out there. Um, that, to me shows that, you know, I don't need to worry about it so much because there really is going to be opportunities for Ohio State to kind of prove their mettle. And, you know, especially what really helps Ohio State is that this comes towards the end of the season, right? So Penn State, Michigan, those are, you're ending with that. You get through those two games, you'll be fine. Uh, particularly if you're undefeated going into that. So it's it's not going to be something they have to worry too much about. I do want to touch a little bit on some of these games that were played on Saturday. Um, there was the, the Red River shootout. So Oklahoma beat Texas. I, you know, watching that game, I don't really, I didn't really ever feel that, um, you know, you want to, obviously it's a rivalry game, right? And obviously these are are two pretty talented teams. I just never really was convinced that uh, Oklahoma was going to lose it. And I know it was close, right? Like I it wasn't, you know, it was like a three-point game going to the fourth quarter, but I just think that what's going on with Hurts and the uh the talent that they have in offense um is just Oklahoma looks like a really dangerous team right now.
1: They do the thing that kind of bugs me about Oklahoma is it feels like there's this urgency to crown Hurts as the next Heisman winner because that's just you know what happens is that an Oklahoma transfer quarterback is is ordained <laughs> as right. the Heisman Trophy winner. So that's the only thing that sort of annoys me about Oklahoma. It also kind of annoys me a little that the just the the defensive mindset of the Big Twelve. It it bothers me uh, a little bit. I, I look at Oklahoma's ratings and you know there's no doubt they have the number one offense in the country but their defense is number 30, which is probably better than it was a few weeks ago. So it's, you know, it's not a complete dumpster fire anymore, but they have, you know, um, one of the the more porous defenses, relatively speaking. Now, it doesn't matter because you're making points out of thin air, you know, pretty much on every drive. They're, they're, They're making something happen offensively. So you can afford, I guess, to be a little less good on that side of the ball. But that's the only thing I don't the teams ahead of them, so to speak, in my mind, are more complete. You know, Ohio State, super balanced offense, defense. Alabama, um, not a terrible offense at any stretch. They're number three uh, according to the ratings, but, you know, still a number 14 defense, so they're maybe twice as good defensively as an Oklahoma. LSU is the other one that kind of surprised me because I knew they had a really good offense, but you're you're kind of conditioned to thinking that an LSU would be – a pretty good defense and they they are but rating wise they're number 37 uh in the country so they're coughing up more points uh and are less efficient on that side of the ball than oklahoma even so you know i struggle with that a little bit because lsu to me looks stouter when i watch them on the field and that's where you have to really watch not to you know fall into the old eye test thing and let the let the facts get in the way (laughs) of your biases you know
0: no, I actually want to talk, though, about uh, about that real quick because traditionally you think of SEC teams as defensive powerhouses, right? Like, of course, they're going to yeah. have a good offense and whatnot, but you're like, okay, well, these SEC teams are just going to be super dominant on the defensive line, They have really good you know, cornerbacks and whatnot and safeties, and they'll just make everybody look silly and, and nobody will ever score any points on them. Look, Alabama's a great football team, but they're not. I, I honestly think they're a little overrated Uh, defensively even in the SP plus because of some you know really good blowouts against the likes of like Duke New Mexico State but South Carolina put points on Bama right Ole Miss put points on Bama Texas A&M put points on Bama especially in the first half so I, I mean they're not infallible and the same with LSU as you pointed out LSU again is a great team Joe Burrow is absolutely tearing it up they are not as scary defensively as traditionally you would think they would be and you know again beating Florida right is a huge win for them that is a it was. Big, big deal I'm not going to discount that 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 was a really really well done one on their part but again this this was a game that was tied 21 to 21 going into halftime which is not like if you're going to tell me traditionally what is going to be a a score of a uh, you know a Florida LSU game like 21 21 might be the end score 21 like going into overtime. 21 21 might be the combined total of t- a two or three game, you know, series against yeah. these teams. Like that's not <laughs> what I expect from those teams. And
1: again, LSU is not,
0: not a bad team, but definitely not the uh the defensive powerhouse that you would expect. Look, what I'm saying is is that to me that should open the door for more balanced teams like Ohio State, which I believe is what like the one of two teams in the top 10 in SP plus for both offense and defense, I think. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Um, so for the longest time, they were the only team in the top five in both and this week, um, slipped to number six offensively in SP plus not big, obviously Ohio state didn't do anything wrong, but other teams improved their, their offense ranking. So number six, offense, number four defense, uh, and I scan down through here really quickly, Penn state, is number 10 in both offense and defense and otherwise that's the only team in the top 10 Ohio State's the only team in the top 10 to be in the top 10 uh in both offense and defense other uh, you know say Penn State sitting at number 10 in both categories
0: right so and and that's and to me that that speaks to how impressive Ohio State has been uh in general and and maybe like that's the kind of stuff that I see when I'm like, okay, if we're going to compare these teams, we're going to see who really is deserving of of being considered the best teams in America. I, I think balance is important. And and honestly, like, that's not something I necessarily expected from Ohio State this season. Honestly, I thought they would be better defensively. I didn't think they'd be really good defensively. Right. And uh, I, I think that needs to be taken in consideration. So a team like Clemson, for example, uh, I just, you know, I, I don't know if they're a team that – uh scares me at least as much as maybe some of the other teams might even a team like wisconsin i think is going to be extremely dangerous here in the next couple weeks and and could hand ohio state its first loss because of what they've been able to accomplish i mean especially like obviously they've got you know the best running back in america but how many shutouts have they pitched this season right they've got four shutouts it's ridiculous that's the stuff that is to me what I want to focus on as a college football fan that I think is more impressive than, okay, Jalen Hurts threw for 300 yards or, you know, Joe Burrow threw for 350. That's great. That's, that's really cool to watch, but that doesn't necessarily mean that the team itself is going to be there at the very end of the, of the football season.
1: That's something that you you talked about, Joey B. I wonder if we would look at LSU differently, if we didn't have this affinity for, the quarterback there i just i find it really interesting how i don't maybe invested is too strong a word but i think ohio state fans are paying you know an inordinate amount of tension attention to lsu yeah that that you wouldn't in any other year another year just be like well you know the sec fooey on them uh and and check back with me (laughs) you know come time sec championship weekend if they're playing Right. But but there's there's this fun little storyline building down there, and can can uh, we get a playoff that has the Bayou Bengals and the Buckeyes in it at the same time? Hmm. Storylines left, storylines right. right. I Guess we're not going to have the uh, From versus Fields playoff now with uh, Georgia, you know, stubbing their toe in between the hedges. But storyline's still possible.
0: If you're yeah, there's still thing. things that can come up. Here's here's what I want to do though I want to I want to shift tracks a little bit to more local matters of the Big Ten because storylines can we the can Ten. we can we
1: talk about one national thing before we go Yeah, last
0: thing yeah go can for we, it can
1: we please is Texas officially the thinnest skin college football <laughs> program in history yes Yes, or no? they
0: are yes they are I just 100%. want to
1: say a big horns down to <laughs> no oh, okay. God. I God I'm gonna be such a hater but I'm like oh my gosh if I've heard if I it, how many more stories are there to be had about Texas whining or the big 12 enabling the whining about the horns down thing like i hope every team from now till doomsday plays up the horns down thing because it just clearly gets under their skin that much and good grief it's it's
0: hilarious how upset they get about that it is it is so unbelievably like you thin skin really but the pettiness the whining yes it's just it's Michigan-esque. That's really what it is. It's Michigan-esque. It's something that you would see from that team up North. And it is just so sad. And look, I get it. You know, this is like a big rivalry game. They're going to, their tempers are on edge and everybody got like, you know, an unsportsmanlike warning before the game started. So everybody's like, Oh no, we can't make Texas mad. But to me, that is just one of the saddest, like silliest things um you know you got to win games if people are going to take that kind of stuff seriously and, and look texas is sitting i think at four to it right now they're a good team yeah but they got they got beat by their rival and they're not going to be in the national consciousness unless something really drastic happens uh for the rest of the season and that's on them and if you want people to respect the horn stuff you gotta win all right earn it you, earn it you better win you better win because otherwise, you're giving people a lot of chances to mess with you.
1: I, I, I look at it this way, you know. I I travel quite a lot, and you you go somewhere, and everywhere I go, I have a blocko lapel pin on my jacket, or I'm wearing some piece of Ohio State memorabilia. I'm born and raised in the state. Did my undergraduate studies in Ohio State. I'm proud of. My my you know connection if you will to the university and, and and that's bigger than football that's you know the whole the whole kit and caboodle, but you'll meet somebody and they'll say oh where'd you go to school and they'll say I went to school at Ohio State and they'll say oh don't you mean the Ohio State University <laughs> <laughs> like yes I've never heard that joke before right. and and what do you do as a fan you just chuckle and you know go on you don't make a big deal about it so you know I look and say hey. People make fun of uh, you know the the program we're talking about too, but good grief, like Texas, you know, Gr- you know, grow grow up a little and move on, like build yeah, a bridge
0: and get on over it. This is this is college football. The more you complain about, it, the more people are going to do it like forever. Yeah, so you got. It. <laughs> I mean, that's you know, like if you you if it truly bothers you, which it shouldn't, because it's stupid. But if it truly bothers you, you should just shut up about it because just there's shut up no away. way in hell Oklahoma <laughs> fans will ever stop doing that if that's yeah. something that makes you so upset and sad. Absolutely. Um, so okay. that was ridiculous. Thanks for I,
1: indulging I, me. I wanted to hop on that
0: little soapbox no, no, no. there. It was, It's hilarious. <laughs> Absolutely hilarious, and I appreciate you bringing it up. I do want to talk about the Big Ten a little bit. So the Big Ten. Look, you've got in the East, in the Big Ten East, you've got Ohio State, Penn State, and then of course Michigan, which okay, uh, <laughs> I don't know how. They are are a team that play plays show. football. Yeah, I mean, look, they're five and one in the rank sixteen in the country. That's great. Uh, they're not a very good football team. I'm just going to say that right now. Oh, no. um, as we no. speak, Shea Patterson is fumbling the football somewhere. Like I don't, I can't verify that, but I'm pretty sure that that is happening at this very moment. I hope um, his
1: life insurance is paid up, man. He's going into a whiteout <laughs> next weekend, and I'm worried about his physical well being. I just, you know. I want
0: him to stay safe, oh. and I just hope, like, maybe he has a job. <sighs> so the guy just, you know, he's, we have like an Inspector Clouseau situation um, with uh, <laughs> Shea Patterson. I just want him to be okay. That's all I'm saying.
1: Yeah. Poor um, guy. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, <laughs> but. Excepting Michigan, you've got Ohio State obviously doing great, looking really good. Penn State, which I think has just continued to improve since the beginning of the season, they were that was Penn State was a team that I had largely dismissed. Um, in yeah, part same here. Their losses, um, in part because I just didn't I didn't have a lot of you know faith in Franklin, but they have really clawed their way into the top ten, and, and I think are legitimately a you know not necessarily a threat for national championship, but definitely a threat for the Big Ten. Uh, and of course, in the Big Ten West, you've got, interestingly enough, Minnesota. By virtue of coming, you know, first in the alphabet, is at the top of yeah. the Big Ten West standings. <laughs> uh, they're six and zero, oh, and they're an incredibly balanced team. They're 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 looking really good statistically. Um, now, I don't know that they're going to be there at the end of the season. I think if you look at their schedule, their last game is against Wisconsin, which means yeah. that they could be in it to win it right up there to the end. Uh, I don't think they'll beat Wisconsin, but that's, you know, that's gonna be a crazy game. And then of course Wisconsin is right there, also 6-0, 3-0. And even Iowa, look, Iowa's one and two of the Big Ten, but they, they are four and two in the in the um overall standing. So these are all teams that I think are legit. Ohio State has to play three of these ranked teams in the last month-ish of the season. How confident are you right now, Andy? that Ohio state's going to get through those three games on skates.
1: I feel pretty good. I mean, I don't want to use the word cautiously optimistic because the, you know, I'm the, the more I use it, the more I realize it's pretty weak sauce, you know, have a take and stand by it. Right. And at this stage, I don't have any reason to doubt that Ohio state will come through that schedule. I think, it, you know, I think it is the toughest schedule outside of Auburn's in the, the country and with good, good reason, you know, among the top 10 teams. And with good reason, because those teams you mentioned, the, the, those are good football teams. Right. Uh, and so look at the look at the road ahead here at the midway, you know, at the midway mark. Um, I feel pretty good about Ohio State's chances uh, in Evanston. The big test to me, obviously, is that Wisconsin game, ten twenty six, as 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 uh, was alluded to earlier. Dubgate, 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 and then you know Maryland and Rutgers. Okay, let's go ahead and put those in the win column. But that that closing one two punch of Penn State and Michigan. I mean, that's a that's as tough a final stretch, you know, as you'll find, uh, especially finishing on the road in Ann Arbor. So, you know, that one I feel better about than, you know, Penn State. That's, I mean, that's going to be a tough ball game. Penn State always it plays, is. you know, always plays Ohio State really hard. It doesn't matter, you know, that, that's where you say throw out the record book. We always say that about the last game of the season, but man, more and more you could say that about Penn State as well. And there's been some fantastic uh, victories there, but. There's been, you know, there's been a heartbreaker or two. So that's probably the one outside the Wisconsin game and the Penn State game. Those are the two games that, um, to me, you know, and again, your top ten opponents uh, in both cases. Going to be a lot of hype. One of those two is probably going to be a game day game. Um, right. You know, game day is coming to Columbus at some point this season. It would be logical to think it's going to be one of those two games. Yeah, uh, I,
0: but you, I feel, you, uh, pretty, the I feel pretty good. Ohio
1: State's going to come through. <laughs>
0: so you're saying yes they are going to win those three games
1: i'm i'm on board i think ohio state is going to play in indianapolis for the big 10 championship what what has me uh maybe percolating a bit is the likelihood that they will play wisconsin twice this season
0: right and that's and that's actually what i think this is kind of building to because even if ohio state loses to wisconsin you can still you know play for the big 10 championship i i think I honestly think you're going to drop one of those games. I'll I'll be, I'll be upfront. And again, I love the way Ohio state has looked. Um, one of the things that we've talked about on this podcast. And one of the things people have asked us and ask us anything is like, where are the weaknesses, right? Like what have, you know, what have we seen from Ohio state where we're like, you know, this isn't so great, or this will come back to bite them. Ohio state defensively um, looks really sound and offensively, obviously they're, they're doing what they do, but defensively, they haven't had to play a mind-bending player, right, that really just kind of sets the tone for the entire offense uh, the way that uh Jonathan Taylor has done at uh Wisconsin. I mean, he really is an incredibly difficult player to contend with right now, Um, you know, averaging basically six and a half yards carries. He's basically their offense. And Cone, I mean, the, the quarterback is still really good. Um, he hasn't like lit up in terms of numbers, but he's really consistent. He's a very you know Wisconsin-y kind of quarterback. I just want to see how that team does against Ohio State offensively, um, and I think that's really going to tell us a lot about what you know the Penn State and the Michigan game is going to look like. I I think they're going to win the Michigan game pretty easily, um, but I just I don't know that I'm one hundred percent sold on the defense, and I don't think I will be until. Uh, when zeros hit on the clock against Wisconsin, so that's that's really my that's my trepidation, that's my kind of hesitation here with this team because I just I feel like that's the last real test for me to feel that this is like you know super legit. Let's go win a national championship time. So and you know and maybe the next test is against Northwestern. I don't know. Maybe that's what's really going to reveal. All yeah, that. yeah maybe.
1: <laughs> maybe that's that is one possibility that could. Yeah. No, probably not.
0: I think right. if well, I were going to say real quick, let's talk about, let's talk about how wild the next few weeks are going to be in, in the big 10 in general, right? Because you've got, first of all, you had Iowa Penn state, which just horrible. Oh my God. <laughs> the Worst possible game. Anyone could have watched, but still an important one. You've got Michigan Penn state next weekend, um, which is going to be a big deal. Yeah. Uh, which always seems to be uh, so many instances, so many examples of that just turning out weird as hell, right? For both teams. So that'll be a fun game to watch. Um, the 26th, obviously, is going to be huge. Notre Dame plays Michigan. Wisconsin plays Ohio State. Uh, the next week, which is odd, November 2nd, everybody just kind of takes a nap. Uh, like There's a lot of buys there. Uh, the biggest game internally in the Big Ten is literally Michigan and Maryland. So I don't yeah. know what that says. That's- um it's and in then Maryland,
1: got, you know, tough, tough road game for Michigan, I guess. Yeah.
0: And but then the next week it's right back into it with Iowa playing Wisconsin, which is obviously a huge game for both of those teams yes. in terms of like rivalry and things like that. Uh Penn State plays Minnesota, which is gonna be huge, especially if Minnesota gets to that point uh relatively unscathed. That's gonna be a big game, I think, um, with maybe even national implications. Uh, The week after that, you've got Minnesota and Iowa, which is another huge game for both of those teams. Uh, Michigan State and Michigan, a huge rivalry game. And then we get into, uh, you know, Ohio State and Penn State. I mean, I'm basically every weekend going into the end of this season with the exception of November 2nd, which Ohio State does not play that weekend and is just going to be garbage overall. But there is a big conference-altering game on that schedule what is the biggest game andy that you are looking forward to that is not an ohio state game for the rest of the season
1: yeah honestly i'm i'm really interested to see how minnesota wisconsin shakes out and yeah and and granted i'm i'm curious to see if minnesota can get to them unscathed that that's a tall that's a tall order for them because you you look and say okay they've you know they don't they don't have a cakewalk. They're gonna they're gonna get the next two right. So we're at six and zero now. Rutgers in Maryland. So they're gonna come into that Penn State game November ninth eight and zero. Right. Which you know, folks, have you talked to your kids about an eight and zero Minnesota? I mean, like this is a, <laughs> this is a real thing that might happen. Uh, and so you go in and you're gonna have. I mean, where's Minnesota going to be ranked when they're eight and zero? That that's the thing that's really kind of crazy. I mean, there's a a not insignificant chance they're going to be a top-15 team rolling into that Penn State game. So, uh, you know, give Penn State the the edge there, clearly. But you get down to that Wisconsin-Minnesota game for who's going to go in in the West. Um, Right now, Wisconsin would just be a nine-point favorite. Just a nine-point favorite right now, based on, I I always use SP Plus to set my, kind of set my lines. you know, that's not a huge golf. Like, I think if we'd asked this question two or three weeks ago, you would assume Wisconsin would be, you know, two or three touchdown favorite over Minnesota. I mean, Minnesota's rowing the boat. Now, granted, they're not playing a super tough schedule, relatively speaking to this stage. But uh, the thing that kind of blew my mind when I was looking at Minnesota stats, they've got a top 10 offense. Yeah, Uh, They're they're actually, their defense, you know, so it's kind of back to what we're talking about with LSU earlier. We have a super good, offense or in minnesota's case you know a relatively good offense but they're only a number 38 defense so you know there there's there's the knock there and, and not terribly good special teams play so you know something's got to give their wisconsin's a much more complete team i fully expect them to to win that game but i it's more it's going to be more of a game than i thought it was going to be two or three weeks ago i looked and said wisconsin has a cakewalk to the big 10 title game because the West is, you know, it is what it is. Right. <laughs> but they actually have some pretty good games in front of them now that I didn't necessarily see being there, you know, a few weeks ago. So clearly, you know, the Ohio State game is the toughest game left on their schedule. But Iowa will be a good game for Wisconsin. Uh, and then I think the Minnesota game will be a good game
0: for them as well. Yeah, I, I actually looked to November 9th as the, and and there's actually two games on the schedule that I think will be, I mean, they're, they're all T they're TBDs, but it'd be really interesting if they were played at the same time, but Iowa is going to be taking on Wisconsin and Penn state's going to be taking on Minnesota. I would be not at all surprised if the lower ranked teams, and in this case, Iowa, and Minnesota at this time, uh, end up pulling the upset of at least one of those games. And that would be, I think that would say some wild things about the big 10 and it would really Mm -hmm. just turn this conference on its ear. Um, and it maybe not, and maybe both of those teams solidify, but either way, either way, those two games turn out, I think is gonna be really instructive for how the rest of the the season plays out and would be really, really interesting. I'm really like excited for that weekend of games because you know, high state's gonna play Maryland, probably not gonna be a super interesting game, but those other two games are gonna be really important uh and have massive implications for the end of this season. Um
1: well, and as they stand now, so you got Minnesota at number twenty and Iowa at number twenty-three. Yeah, um, and and they should both move up in the two weeks between now and then, based on the games that are ahead of them. So, are they both going to be? You know, how much farther can Iowa move up? Well, I don't know. It depends on what happens ahead of them. You know, they're they're playing Purdue and Northwestern, so they're not necessarily statement games. Um, so, but you're going to have potentially you know fringe top fifteen teams there playing against top ten teams. So they're they're good resume builders, no doubt, for Penn State and/or Wisconsin if they if they both pull out the the victory as the front runner.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, again, there's there's a lot of other games to choose from. I'm, I'm <laughs> I always take I think a perverse joy in the Notre Dame Michigan game just because it's it's always just a mess for both teams. And honestly, I got to tell you something. Like I, I know this isn't necessarily going to be the case, and in, and still, if if Jim Harbaugh ends up right, like you know, still winning, you know, nine or 10 games or something like that by the end of the season, even even if the team does not look very good. And even if they do end up losing their bowl game, I don't think he's in any real danger of losing his job. Um, but I honestly believe that if Penn State goes and takes care of Michigan, that their season is going to swiftly kind of like fall apart. Um, that, that team just feels like it's hanging on by a thread. They, I mean, they were in a dog fight against Illinois with nine minutes left in the fourth quarter right on Saturday that that is not a team that is confident in what they do uh they have real no concept of of just shape when it comes to their offense they're just hoping for guys to kind of save their bacon and they they had good they had good running back play on Saturday but that's just it feels like an anomaly everything they do just feels completely (laughs) unplanned um and I really think that if if Penn State, you know, goes and, and just beats the absolute crap out of Michigan, especially in, in Happy Valley, you know, my, maybe in whiteout conditions, right? It's a night game. Man, I, I just don't know what's going to happen uh, to the Wolverines for the rest of the season. So I'm excited about that because I think that'll be extremely funny to me.
1: So. I mean, the next two <laughs> weeks, you you hit the nail on the head because the next two weeks for them, you're going to have some fun right in the threat level column because oh, I know. You, you, you've you got this, this, this whiteout game, the Notre Dame game. Right now um, – michigan's a would be about a four-point favorite at home probably i I would think over notre dame um kind of kind of wild to me to to say that but that's where i think they would be based on the the, the ratings right um but then i look okay so after that they're going to lick their chops a little bit with maryland wait, 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 what do you say about michigan state you know that's an interesting game because d'antonio you know always manages to figure out a way to poke Harbaugh in the eye. But you talk about a team that doesn't have an offensive identity. That's the thing that boggles my mind is uh, as bad as I think Michigan looks in terms of the not having an offensive identity category. Oh, poor hapless Michigan state. That was a big story this week. You know, the, the reporter that uh, asked him, Hey, gee, in hindsight, was it a terrible idea just to reshuffle the deck chairs on the Titanic?
0: (laughs) Right. And And, then he called it a dumbass question, which no, it's not a dumbass question. It's actually an good question. (laughs) You're a dumbass for not firing your entire offensive staff and like trying to start over, but.
1: Love love you a long time coach, but uh, this isn't the time to go full Belichick with the media because the, the, the answer is staring us all square in the face. (laughs) Right. That only
0: really works if your team's good. So, you know, try, try to, you know, have a better offense and, and one that doesn't score like five points in two games. So, um, So, yeah, anyway, the the point is the Big Ten, I I think there's just so much coming down the pike, and I'm really excited to see how the rest of the season plays out, and not just from Ohio State's perspective. I mean, obviously you have those three huge games, but it feels like almost every week, which, again, with the exception of November 2nd, uh, (laughs) is going to be a lot of fun. So that's actually really great because now you can plan out the rest of your fall, which is you have to be locked in on the television for 12 hours every saturday yes. from here on out with the exception of november 2nd and that's when you can kind of redeem yourself from the eyes of your family so that's great so we have we have it all planned out andy it's gonna be it's gonna be a good time i'm excited um, i'm on board man <laughs> so anyway while you are frozen out from your family for watching way too much football you can purchase some <laughs> amazing clothing from our dry goods store uh warriors.com shirts hats, stickers and more uh, they will keep you warm as the uh, the fall turns to winter, and, and you know you're you're stuck outside because you didn't you know <laughs> didn't do what you need to do to to make everybody happy. Here's here's the other thing that I'll say. Uh, last thing I'll say on this, um, I know that for the threat level, like I kind of like I want Michigan to be good, be good. I want Michigan to be good. Honestly, I would much rather see them get completely skunked by. Penn state and Notre Dame and pretty much every other team on the schedule then win boringly, I would much rather, honestly, I'm at the point where I know I want Michigan to be good and I want the rivalry to be strong and all that stuff. But if they can't win convincingly, especially against the likes of Illinois, I would rather them lose by 50 because that's way more entertaining at this point than this maudlin, like, you know, mopey. let's win by five against a crappy team. Crap. I hate that. I'm so done with Michigan right now. (laughs)
1: <laughs> you you know you did uh you, you i've said this earlier and i don't want to sound like i'm too much of a fanboy because uh you, you let me hang out with you on your podcast but <laughs> i love your threat level series and Well you have the, to say that
0: because otherwise like I'll, I'll kick your ass off this thing so fast it will make your head spin but I appreciate you saying it and living up to your, your obligation.
1: It's it's one of my favorite. Uh, so there's a lot of great writing at this, uh, at this 11 warriors.com that I keep reading. Uh, mm-hmm. But so the threat level and you, you were sharing this little factoid, which just blew my mind that, that uh, Michigan is tied for, I think 126th in the country yeah, and incorrect. fumbles
0: and lost fumbles. Yes.
1: Lost fumbles.
0: Yeah. Not with yeah, yeah. nine. And by the way, I'm kind of surprised that nine is the number, but I really wish I, I haven't been able to find the stat. I just want to see how many, like, what is the, what is right now the, you know, the standard for most fumbles in general? Um, because Michigan has 17.
1: <laughs> I mean, so, I mean, they're averaging almost three fumbles a game.
0: Yeah, they are. Like, they that's, are. that's
1: a mind blowing figure to me that a top 15 team or top 20 team, yeah. Is coughing up the rock an average of almost three times a game?
0: Yeah, it's wild, and, and like, and you watch, and you watch them, and you watch their games. Which again, I don't actually recommend, but if you do, <laughs> you're like, there's no way that this team, which is clearly talented, like you watch them run around, they're like they're fast and they're physical, but just so dumb and directionless. Like, there's no way they could do this dumb stuff all the time, and then they fumble the ball every third play, and you know. It's just it's it's really kind of mind-boggling that they are this unfocused as a football team, and I think that a lot of it stems from their coach, who seems to be really unfocused as a coach right now, um, and that's their biggest problem. And so that's why I think going into Penn State Notre Dame, I think they're going to get waxed. Like I just I I don't see a future in which they pull out wins against these two teams. Well, um, I, even though I, I, I think haven't... now you're right, they they're I'm they actually have a line out for the Notre, Ga- Notre Dame game. Uh, Michigan's favored by seven and a half. That's insane. Yeah. There's no reason for them to be favored at all, much less by seven and a half against Notre Dame. Yeah, that's a
1: that's a bigger time. line than I would have thought. They're given more of a home field advantage there than I would have anticipated. I would have yeah. what I say earlier, maybe four points, something like that. It wouldn't it wasn't going to be quite that fat. Um, yeah.
0: I just have no <laughs> faith in Michigan right now. They are just a directionless team.
1: You know, what's interesting, go back to your time about Michigan playing Penn State you know, there's two coaches that I find really interesting because both come in with, with all of this hype and, and, you know, when they came in, I probably gave Harbaugh more football respect, I guess I would call it. Um, you know, you roll your eyes cause he's just a weird character, but I'm like, right. okay, he's a legitimate football, you know, coach like i can see why you would hire him as a football coach yeah when when penn state hired franklin i'm like okay this is all just sort of smoke and mirrors and oh i coached a bottom feeding sec team to a record that didn't entirely suck kind of like i just felt like it was all hype all sizzle no steak he i think has made me eat my words a little bit jim jim franklin i mean james franklin um in that he's actually consistently putting out a pretty decent product.
0: Yeah. And well, doing it on the it side trail, too. I mean,
1: his, well, see, that's what I always thought was he was a guy that could, you know, you could get the talent there, but didn't know what the hell to do with it. Right. Where, you know, you, you'd look and say, okay, um, Michigan, okay, well, is Harbaugh a good recruiter or not? Eh, but he'd know what to do with the talent. Well, my golly, Gene Edra, it's kind of gone the other way around where, hey, Franklin looks like he's a relatively competent football coach yeah. who is consistently putting out a pretty decent product and you have Harbaugh here was the guy who I thought okay he's crazy and weird and, and you know a Michigan man but at least he knows football you watch this team and you're I'm not really sure that my initial <laughs> assessment was all that accurate right. <laughs> so I kind of feel bad for underselling uh James Franklin and maybe overestimating Jim Harbaugh
0: yeah We're, which is that's going to be and, and, a
1: really interesting game
0: Right, and, and of course, the great irony here is that you play them back-to-back at the end of the season. And it's, mm-hmm. it's you know, and who, who are Ohio State fans going to be more concerned about, right? Oh, is yes. be Michigan? Far, be far more State.
1: concerned about the, the Penn State game, no question.
0: Yeah, and, and as they should be. Um, okay, so let's get into Ask Us Anything. Uh, please continue to send us questions to dubcast at 11warriors.com or at 11dubcast on Twitter. So our first question is from Jack. Jack wants to know... Is there a football team or football individual, football player that you have just irrationally hated that that you should you have no reason to dislike, but for whatever reason you just cannot let go of your anger towards them? Oh yes. Uh Pete Carroll without question. <laughs> As I, you mentioned on the dubcast, I can feel it, the venom dripping yeah, from you, your voice. Yeah, I was gonna say,
1: did you just hear how quickly I answered that? So for years, <laughs> I mean years. Anytime Pete Carroll would come and I think I've probably mentioned this on the show before, but anytime Pete Carroll would come on the TV during a National Football League game, I would just get angry and probably say unkind things and my wife would roll her eyes and say, you know, because it always galled me that he is out here making the big bucks as a coach in the national football league. And at the time, my hatred really started bubbling over. It was that he had gotten away, you know, kind of like one step ahead of the sheriff as USC right. was getting, you know, sanctioned out of being an elite football program. And, and my beloved Jim Tressel, whom I have pledged eternal fealty to the distinguished Senator from Youngstown you right. know, was like at the time, when my hatred really started festering was like vice president of student happiness at a Mac school. And it really bothered me. He was like reviewing film for the Colts or something dumb like that. While slippery Pete was up there in Seattle with his, all his full head of hair and his, you know, (laughs) cool, you know, just cool vibe. And ah, I just wanted to shake him. It just aggravated
0: me. So yeah, that's my guy. That's that's my guy that's that's I think that he he can be eminently hateable for a lot of reasons I think oh it's
1: irrational something. though because he's probably not a terrible human being or anything like that it's just like that that you said irrational that was it I, I didn't necessarily have a good reason other than that Jim Trestle was in purgatory in northwestern Ohio and he was out in Seattle living the good life making the big bucks and it
0: just he's ground just my Damn pretty he's just oh yes pretty. that full head
1: of hair really bothers me He just always <laughs> looks good and I just want to kick him <laughs>
0: I look, I will say that I try to be a generally positive person. There are more teams that I like irrationally really like, you know, and just I'm like, oh, that's neat. I'm glad they're doing well, All right, right? Like I really appreciate when Washington does well. I don't know why. I just like it when Washington mm-hmm. does well. um when a team like I don't know, even Oregon to a certain extent, I know I know they're flush with, you know, Nike Cash. I still enjoy when Oregon's good. I like it when, especially honestly it's really a lot of pac 12 teams there are a lot of pac 12 teams I'm like man I just it's nice that they're they're nice it's nice that things are going well <laughs> you know I pat like them when on the their little head them. Well. <laughs> so i try to be positive i got to tell you something though man i for whatever reason just love watching georgia lose and i don't know why exactly it is uh there's just it, they feel a little too SEC ish for me. Like I, I can put up with SEC teams to an extent. Like I, I like LSU. I'm an LSU fan. I I want you know Coach O to go in and just yah yah his way Farm to the championship. But as far as you know, like irrational hatred. I don't know why. I've just always had a problem with Georgia. um And I just I everything they do seems unearned to me. And I don't know why. I don't know why it bothers me because I should enjoy their vibe, but I just don't. It, they just seem like you know, like they all feel like college bros from the late nineties. You know what I mean? Like, it's like if OAR was just in Georgia instead of Columbus, it's like that personified, just like (laughs) dudes strumming on an acoustic guitar with like boat shoes and pop collars. And that's for whatever reason, that's just what I think of when I think of Georgia. And I just, I want all the bad things in life for them and I don't know why, but that's just how I feel. And that may be completely inaccurate. Maybe nothing what Athens, Georgia is like, but that's Screw them! I just you want them to lose.
1: You just can't get on board with that bagman life, yo. That's that's no. what it is. <laughs> you know, I find there's a certain irony that Georgia's last national championship was during the Carter administration. <laughs> that's fun, which, right?
0: <laughs> yeah. Which, by the way, given all the smoke that they blow, you would think that that is like not at all the case. That they would be so much more dominant and and nationally relevant than they have been. But that's that's absolutely true. It's it's been a long ass time. Um so yeah, I'm not a I'm not a Georgia guy. Um let's
1: see. So if Ohio State was going to play Georgia today on a neutral field, let's call it it's probably six and a half point Buckeyes would be about a six and a half point favorite.
0: I would say you something should. around there. Yeah. You like that? I'd be down for Yeah. TBH. So and, and of yeah. course the storylines write themselves, but you know, that's that would be fun. I would enjoy Ohio State just grinding their noses into the ground. Um, so this next one here, this is a really good question. This is from Bill. Bill wants to know. Uh, excepting Ezekiel Elliott, who do you believe is the best Ohio state running back of the last 15 years?
1: Oh, geez. Okay. Other than, other than Zeke, uh, yeah. 15 years. So we're saying, uh, basically Trestle era forward. Correct. Hmm. Um, so, well, so no,
0: no Maurice, but basically everybody, everybody after Mar- that. Yeah.
1: yeah. I, I mean, I, I was, I was really partial to Carlos Hyde, um, now that may or may not be because we had like freshman physics together when I went back to finish my undergraduate degree. And I nice. thought it was cool that there was a football player in my, in my <laughs> class, but, um, I was always partial to him. I, I liked his style of running. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm into that kind of, I'm just going to punch you in the mouth and knock you over, run through you kind of running back. Uh, and also there were so many times when, I screamed at the television, "Just give Hyde the ball!" Because I thought he <laughs> could get the deal done. I, I was a big fan of him as a running back. Who you got?
0: So okay, well, I will say that I do have a special affinity for Carlos Hyde because I am the one who invented his nickname of El Guapo, right? Which is like one that, of the
1: best nicknames of all time. That's right. That. And,
0: and for those for the uninitiated, by the way, I that's not me blowing smoke. I, I literally did tr- create his nickname. Um, I was it was in a poll, I think um that i was trying to do and and i basically was giving nicknames to all there was like a a butt ton of running backs on the on the roster at one point i was trying to give them all nicknames and i was watching um uh three amigos while i did it
1: (laughs) one of the greatest (laughs) movies of all time yes it's incredible it's a classic Um, of american cinema
0: I have sworn to teach uh my son or daughter, should they ever come, um uh blue shadows on the trail as their lolo because that's, oh, that's that's awesome. Classic. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, so I'm watching I'm watching Three Amigos and uh you know of course the villain is El Guapo, and I just thought hey, that's a badass name and El Guapo's cool in the movie, so I'm gonna call Carlos Hyde El Guapo. And uh, Mike Citro, who is, you know, at 11 Warriors, uh, wrote an article incorporating that nickname and it kind of uh, took on its own life and he picked it up and and started using it as his Twitter handle. So I'm a big fan of Carlos Hyde because of that. However, I will also say that I don't know that I consider him to be um, the best or I mean, maybe my favorite, but not the best Ohio State running back excepting Ezekiel Elliott in the last 15 years. I got to give it to Beanie and look, I, I yeah. look, I love Carlos Hyde. He did some great things in the offense that he was in, right? He had a really, he had, he had Braxton Miller to his, to his left. He had urban Meyer on the sidelines. There's a lot of things you can do as a running back with that. Yeah. Um, I got to give it to Beanie though, because not only did Beanie um, have more total yards than Carlos Hyde, or at least I would say more like, yeah, he definitely had more total yards, but to me, what kind of defines you as a running back is the fact that you know, you kind of have to be the sole focus of an offense. Yeah. What Beanie did, I know a lot of people knock him, you know, for his toughness or whatever, the injuries. But what he did when there's really no doubt about what's going to happen on an even play <laughs> from Ohio State uh, and you're just going to have to grind people in the dust. Pete Beanie Wells is probably more fun to watch uh, than I think, you know most running backs that I've ever seen but just given the burden that he had to to share on the offense I got to give it to that dude it it was it was absurd what he did at the running back position with very little help I think around him for a lot of that time and you could throw I mean if you're really just saying backs in general you can say Braxton Miller you know with all the the yardage that he you know put up there he put over you know 3300 yards rushing but for me I think it's it's probably Beanie um Peak Beanie I think is better than than Carlos Hyde or you know, a guy like Antonio Pittman, who I think is actually really underrated uh, for what he was able to do. Well, so. what's
1: interesting is to go back and look at the number of running backs Ohio State's had drafted in that time frame. You know, seven, oh, yeah. seven running backs in fifteen years. I mean, that ain't half bad. Now, you know, you go back and you know that includes uh, Maurice Clarette and that kind of 2005. What was that? Uh, was that a supplemental pick? Uh yeah. I don't remember. That's too long ago now, but. You know, so you had uh, Pittman, as you mentioned, uh, taken in the fourth round. Beanie was a first-round pick. Um, you had let's see, Boom Heron, uh, Carlos Hyde, uh, second-round pick, and then Zeke and Mike Weber. You, you know that ain't that ain't a half bad running back roster right there over a 15-year period. Get you're you're seeing somebody taken about every other year, and it looks like I think there will be a couple more running backs drafted from the roster in the coming years too so
0: yeah well and JK Donald, I mean, look it, we would be remiss if we didn't at least mention him because he is steadily climbing up the ranks of uh yardage you know on the in the in the record books for ohio state and the total yardage uh, for running backs um you know maybe not as flashy in, in some cases as, as a guy like ezekiel elliott but what he was able or is able to put together this season uh, especially given his kind of disappointing uh, season last year, what he's been able to do this season is just really remarkable. And, you know, the dude comes back for his senior year and then he ends up, you know, like doing exactly what he's been doing this season. I think he's got to be in that conversation because right now he is, he's doing pretty damn good.
1: Well, and what's mind blowing is you look, you know, we've talked, we talked about this um, earlier in the season, he had uh, twenty thousand a two thousand eighteen campaign. It was a thousand yard. He was a thousand yard rusher and and look when look at that as kind of a disappointment uh, because he was a seven point two yard a carry guy in his his first season and right. he's averaging seven point one a carry this time. You know, so yeah, measly four point six yards a carry in two thousand eighteen looks disappointing, but seven yards in a cloud of dust. I mean, it's just mind blowing how well. Uh, he runs the ball and of course a lot of that's offensive line play and, and how sure. well the team you know that's that's a strength of this offense for sure uh, but my god and of course not a bad pass catcher either out of the backfield with some no. of the you know, check downs and so on he's got, got some pretty good stats there as well uh, yeah I and, mean, and I think I think he's a better he's a better running back this year you know he's definitely improved in all of those little things that you watch and pick apart and so on he's he's taking it seriously and um, you know, year over year improvement that, that you like to see out of a, out of a junior running back.
0: Yeah. Durable. I mean, it's been a bounce back year for him. And I, I, I mean, I really, this is a money-making year for him, but I really selfishly want to see him back uh, for his senior season just to see what he can really do to the record books. Cause right now he's, he's looking pretty damn good. I mean, it's going to be really hard to touch anything close to, uh, to what Archie put together, but, Uh, He's he's getting there, man. I mean, he very well end up being if he comes back a senior, especially very well end up being uh, the second, uh, you know, most yardage and running back history at Ohio State. I hope he does it. I hope he's able to do that. That would be awesome. Um, So that's ask us anything. Thank you so much for sending those in. Last thing before we get out of here, Andy, score prediction for Northwestern. What do you got?
1: Oh, a lot to a little. (laughs) <laughs> wow, I haven't, even, I, I haven't even I haven't even thought about that one yet. Yeah, see, this is bad planning on the co-host part. Uh, shame on me.
0: Um,
1: what what's the line up to like twenty eight? I think
0: it just like you know it's the same situation as last time we talked about this. It just keeps increasing as yeah. we do the dubcast. So it, at the, who knows? It could it, be at thirty at this point.
1: I think it opened at twenty five and a half, and then when we cracked the mic, it was up to like twenty eight. Yeah, uh, and yeah, as the money keeps pouring in, that'll that'll probably widen out. Uh, I mean, Northwestern, they're just not a very good offense. This seems feels like a, feels like a familiar story. We've talked about a couple of times here where you have a team that's maybe good at one thing and not very good at the other. So Northwestern, um, is like the 124th ranked offense by S and P Plus. SP Plus. They're they're a number five defense, which is kind of crazy to me that their defense <laughs> is that good. I mean, you sort of expect that out of a Pat Fitzgerald team, sure. I guess that you're gonna, you know, sort of smash smash mouth football and so on. But even a number five defense, when their offense is that atrocious, uh, yeah, 28 maybe feels a little generous. I f- I think um, I could easily see this game getting out of hand. Like really out of hand
0: yeah I mean it's it's interesting to me because look they they lost the Nebraska by three they lost Wisconsin by nine that those are not terrible right defeats um you know but you want to you want to score more than 10 points against Nebraska right you want to you want to be able to challenge Wisconsin a little bit uh defensively I think they're semi-legit but I they just don't have offensively anything that can hang with Ohio State uh, mm-hmm. I don't know that they'll hit 28 or so. I think that that might be to me, that's a little extreme, but I could, I could see something probably along the lines of like 42 to maybe, well, I don't, you know, they're not scoring points. So <laughs> I just no, myself that's, out of it. It could be something like 42 to three or 42 to seven. Who knows? Yeah.
1: I mean, it's that's my, garbage. that's my thing is like their offense yeah, no, is right. so I'm pedestrian, <laughs> you know, I mean, it should, you know, on paper, 28 points is probably the right line. Sure. Um,
0: look it out of I, hand you're right yeah
1: i just <laughs> 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 yeah maybe like I'd miami of, all, of like so miami of ohio out of hand.
0: Seven. that's what i got that's the number yeah. I'll give you. and i thought i was being nice but i'm not that's that's how it's gonna work out
1: i can't do it yeah <laughs>
0: <laughs> so we'll see how it goes it's a friday game which uh, is weird but, um we'll we'll be here next week to to break it all down and talk about it so until then i'm john and i'm andy vance and we'll see you next time